This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm superstar Frank Morano. One of the things that I pride myself on being is a big champion of the AM radio format and technology. I love AM radio. I listen to it all the time. We have an AM radio, not necessarily an FM radio, but we have an AM radio in every room in our house, including... Our unfinished basement, both bathrooms, and everywhere else. Love AM radio. To me, there's nothing more exciting than scanning the dial on an AM radio to see what stations you can pick up and then discovering something new. Whether you're in your car or whether you're in your house, to me, there's just nothing like that. That sense of discovery is so wonderful and so magical. You're battling through the static to hear what you think is the show you want to hear, and then you discover something new. Love it. So um, there's an interesting article in The Atlantic about an issue we've been talking about for some time by Jacob Stern. Headline, your phone has nothing on AM radio. Why Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders are teaming up to save the century-old technology. We, we've covered this before, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. But it is interesting, and a lot of people are going to be talking about it this weekend because it is in the Atlantic. The unusual coalitions that are developing to save AM radio. Take two people in Washington that have very little in common. Senator Ted Cruz and Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. She has called him a dumbass for his opposition to the Paris Climate Agreement. He has called her and her allies, quote, shills for terrorists on account for their support of the liberation of Palestine. But lately, the right-wing crews and the left-wing Tlaib have found a cause they can both get behind, saving AM radio. See, the last few years, you've had a few car makers, BMW, Volvo, Tesla. They've stopped offering AM radio in at least some models, especially the electric cars. What they claim is... The problem is that their motors cause electromagnetic interference on the same frequency bands in which AM radio operates, in some cases making the already fuzzy medium inaudible. Car makers do have ways to filter out the interference, but they're costly, and sometimes they're imperfect. All to maintain a format which they say is in decline anyway. 
Because they say AM radio was eclipsed by the superior-sounding FM in the late 70s. And the century-old technology can look to some people like floppy disks in the age of Spotify and podcasts, right? According to Ford's internal data, less than 5% of all in-car listening is to AM radio. Not in my car, I'll tell you that. That's why Ford decided last year to drop AM radio from all of its vehicles, not just EVs. They did change course on that, I'll mention, largely because of a PR and pressure campaign that was led by the owner of this company, John Katzmatidis. But because so much listening happens in the car, the Ford news seemed like when the, the beginning of the end for all of AM radio. And then they reversed this. Before Ford's reversal, you had Cruz and Senator Ed Markey, a Democrat from Massachusetts. They introduced the AM radio for every vehicle act, which would require exactly what it sounds. Every vehicle had to have a functioning AM radio. Bernie Sanders and more than 40 other senators joined them as co-sponsors, along with Rashida Tlaib in the House and 208 other representatives there. Not everybody supports the bill. Senator Rand Paul has delayed the passage of this bill on the grounds that it constitutes regulatory overreach. So where does that leave us now? In the interim, Congressman Josh Gottheimer of New Jersey, who's a big, big supporter and defender of AM radio, he announced new steps last month to ramp up the pressure on car makers to preserve AM radio. So for Republicans in the Senate and the Congress, a lot of the reason they want to save AM radio is because of conservative talk radio. Ted Cruz gave a big speech on the floor of the Senate. He framed AM radio as a bastion of free speech, invoking all sorts of uh, big talk show hosts like Rush Limbaugh. But on the other hand, AM is the host to every manner of foreign language station you can imagine. And these stations are relied upon by immigrants around the country, including some 700 Spanish-language stations. It also hosts black stations. It has hyper-local news and sports stations, which you don't get on FM for the most part. It hosts agricultural stations that are important to a lot of rural communities. So you have this unusual coalition of people that don't necessarily agree on much all working together to fight to save AM radio. And I hope they're successful. Here's uh, Ted Cruz talking about why he thinks AM radio is so important. Well, we've had a big victory recently. Uh, A number of major car companies that announced that they are pulling AM radio from new cars. And and that is an enormous problem. That is a really bad decision. Uh, If you look nationwide, there there are roughly 4,500 AM radio stations all across the country. Uh, About 82 million Americans listen to AM radio every month. And, And... Pulling AM radio from cars does enormous damage. And and so I joined together with Ed Markey. Ed Markey is a liberal Democrat senator from Massachusetts. Ed may be the most liberal senator in the entire U.S. Senate. I'm the most conservative senator in the U.S. Senate. It is rare that Ed Markey and I are together on a bill. 
but we joined together on a bill to require that car companies continue to provide AM radio in the new cars they're selling. And, and, and that's important for a lot of reasons. It's important uh, as a matter of public safety. If you look during emergencies, whether it's hurricanes or tornadoes or floods, uh, AM radio is the most reliable means of communicating with people. Uh, often when you have a disaster, power lines go out, power goes down, FM radio goes down, it takes higher power, and AM radio is the means of communication of the last resort that, that, that Americans in distress rely upon to get life-saving information. And that issue that he mentioned about emergency services, that's primarily the reason that people like Senator Ed Markey, liberal Democrat, are for this. They believe that if there's an emergency or something along those lines, AM radio can be crucial in getting information out to these people. And I agree. I agree. Someone else came out guns a-blazing for AM radio yesterday, and that is Republican candidate for president and former U.S. uh, president Donald Trump in a speech. uh, I I think it was in Nashville. It might have been at CPAC, but I think it was in Nashville. He talked about the importance. Yeah, it was in Nashville. He talked about the importance of uh, saving AM radio. It's sick. I will protect the content that is pro-God. We're going to protect pro-God context and content. To that end, at the request of the NRB, I will do my part to protect AM radio in our cars. You know, we like to listen to AM radio because you know what we're listening to. Millions of... And he goes on, but... Not in the cut that we have. Uh, I think this is a great, a great thing, and I hope that even with the delays, uh, they're able to get this legislation passed. Now, some people may think, well, why? If the private industry can't support it, if the cars don't want it, why, should, why is it government's business to force these car manufacturers to offer it? Because there's all sorts of things that we force car manufacturers to offer. Seatbelts, airbags. Now, is AM radio as vital to your public safety as a seatbelt? Probably not. No, it's not. But I still think it's essential for a lot of communities to be informed about what's going on. And it can be essential in the event of an emergency. And it seems like part of the reason that the uh, the car manufacturers want to get rid of this, I'm not buying this uh, electromagnetic radiation thing because the early model Tesla had AM radio with no problem. I think it's a money grab. I think they want to get paid to put to offer these things and they are getting paid by satellite radio companies and by other companies that want you to rely on your phone once it's in the car to hook up to the bluetooth to be your primary source of information and content now it's no big deal because and for me because a lot of people end up listening to me online anyway and we're grateful for your patronage if you're someone that listens online But for the community, so it's not selfish, really. For the community, AM radio provides a great service. All right, 800-848-9222. A couple of things I want to mention. One is some sad news about Wendy Williams. She has been diagnosed with primary progressive aphasia. I believe that's the, the same ailment that Bruce Willis has been affected with. And, and I think this is also similar to Bruce Willis, Frontotemporal dementia. Dementia. She's only 59 years old, and she's currently residing in an undisclosed care facility. 
Aphasia is a disorder resulting from deterioration of the region of the brain responsible for language control and communication abilities. Frontotemporal dementia is a progressive brain disorder impacting behavior and cognitive functions. One is both in the case of Bruce Willis and Wendy Williams, for them, two people that have made their living and people who became stars and super famous, super wealthy because of their ability to speak for them to lose the ability to speak is in my view, the cruelest of all ironies. And I just feel so bad Two, um, it really makes you realize here. She is super famous, tons of money, probably 59 years old. And she is a shell of her former self. Can't speak. And if she either can't think or soon will be in the point where she can't think, at least as she's been thinking for the last um, more than a half century. And it goes to show you, for some people, it doesn't matter how famous you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. But if you don't have your health, you really have nothing. And I used to laugh when I was a kid and not laugh, but, you know, kind of roll my eyes when I was a kid and all of my relatives would um, would toast. They'd say salute or a chantan and they would say to your health. Right. And I think, oh, that's such a lame toast. You, The older you get and the more stories like this you see, the more you realize that's the only thing that matters. You know, my friend Jay Diamond, who's a great radio talk show host in his own right, he used to say. That And I don't think he originated this phrase, but he was the first person to tell me it, that a healthy man, and we mean this in the gender neutral sense, a healthy man has many wishes, but a sick man has only one. And how true that is, I would bet uh, Wendy Williams would trade places with any of you who don't have aphasia or uh, this form of dementia give you all her money, give you all her fame, if she could just have her mind and her speech back. 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. Situation out of Texas that I want to update you on. And we're going to talk with um, Noam Layden in a bit. But first, let me say hello to Charlie in Hell's Kitchen. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Uh, by the way, I agree with everything you just said about that, your health and, and, and about tab, the tab sort of too. But I, I called about the caller who who said that, and you kind of went back and forth with him and argued him. Uh, he said, called up and said, Mike Tyson was garbage. Well, certainly if any of us got in a ring with Mike Tyson, he would make mincemeat out. So he would destroy us. He could kill us in a ring. I mean, his boxing skills or his fighting combat skills are so superior to to a normal person's. But, I mean, I, I think the call was on to something. I, I think he was right, because if you remember... He was actually convicted of the crime of rape, and I believe he served some prison time for it. And I remember at the time I was a young man, I was much younger than I was now, but Howard Cosell was still alive back then. And he took to the airwaves, and he was furious. He said pretty much the same thing the caller said. He said he's garbage. He said he's a thug. He said he's all washed up as he should be. And I I would challenge you to have some of your female listeners, some of your female callers call it. And they probably have a different perspective or take on the guy, too, you know, having been convicted of rape 
and everything. And, and even though the guy is, you know, has extraordinarily combat capabilities, I, I, I have to agree with your uh, previous caller, Frank. I, I think the guy is garbage. I think he is a thug and a hoodlum. And I was wondering what you thought. Well, first uh, of all, uh, again, uh, again, all I was mentioning was that he was supposed to be the referee at this wrestling match in 1990. And, um, and he wasn't because he had lost the championship. I didn't anticipate having a whole Mike Tyson discussion. But if you want to look at the case of uh, Desiree Washington, uh, let's look at it, right? I mean, I've spoken at length with Alan Dershowitz about this case, who represented him in that case. And I, I think that case is um, is total nonsense, honestly. I mean, uh, there is... Uh, I, I think if you look at that case... There is no reasonable thinking that um, Desiree Washington went up to uh, this hotel room and didn't have consensual sex with uh, Mike Tyson. I think um, there was uh, her testimony in that case. Again, the last thing I want to do is re-litigate a case from 31 years ago, especially when, you know, he's been out of prison since the mid-1990s. But uh, real rapists, even if they're celebrities, they don't get out of prison after serving less than three years of, of a prison sentence. That uh, that case is such a dog, and um, the next time that Dershowitz is on, I'm going to ask him about it because he still knows it backwards and forwards, but I think it's a, a totally absurd case. But you know what? That's the nice well, thing Frank, about America. Frank do, you, do you, Frank, do you make a differentiation between both his boxing capabilities and combat capabilities, which is which is superb, and and his character. Yeah, of course, of course, absolutely. I mean, yeah. nobody should bite anybody's ear off in a, in a ring. Absolutely. Okay, so you think the caller may? So I, I kind of agree with the former caller that Mike Tyson's garbage. But do you agree or disagree? I'm making an assessment of his character. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about his character. I, I mean, I, I know that you know he's in, exhibited examples of bad behavior, like biting Holyfield's ear off. But he he and Holyfield are friends now. So if Holyfield has forgiven him, why is it for me to judge him? I, the last thing I'm going to do is sit in judgment of Mike Tyson. That case, the only reason that uh, that conviction was upheld is because of um, the, the chief justice in that case in Indiana had to recuse himself. And otherwise it would have been a split. And Dershowitz tells the story really well. He knows it r- really well. But the chief justice, um, his wife, went up to Alan Dershowitz and started an argument. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And so then... The chief justice recused himself from that case, but it was intentional. It was intentional on the part of the chief justice and his wife. And so um, had that not happened, had the chief, had that uh, court of appeals not ruled against Tyson two to one, it would have been two to two. I, I think that the whole case is bogus. I found her to be completely not credible I uh, don't believe that Tyson misled her at all. I, I think all the corroborating evidence shows exactly the opposite situation. But, but what, again, this case happened in 1992. I don't really want to go back and, you know, it was the last thing I was expected to talk about today. 800-848-9222 if you want to comment. Uh, a case I do want to tell you about. Is a case that we have been, we broke the news to you when he was suspended. 
And it has to do with a young man out of Texas, a black high school student whose months-long punishment by his Texas school district for refusing to change his hairstyle, the courts have ruled that that does not violate a state law that prohibits race-based hair discrimination. Daryl George has not been in his regular high school classes since August 31st because the school district says the length of his hair violates its dress code. The district filed a lawsuit arguing that George's long hair, which he wears in tied and twisted locks on the top of his head, violates its policy because it would fall below his shirt collar, eyebrows, or earlobes when let down. Now, he doesn't keep it down. So it doesn't fall below any of those things. The district has said other students with locks comply with the length policy. So after about three hours of testimony, the judge ruled in favor of the school district, saying its policy is not discriminatory because the Crown Act does not say that exemptions for long hair can be made for hairstyles that are protected by the law, including locks. And he said courts must not attempt to rewrite the legislation. The Crown Act, if you don't remember from when we talked about this back in September, it prohibits race-based hair discrimination and prohibits employers and schools from penalizing people because of hair texture. I really do think the courts got this one wrong, and I'm curious to see if there's any appeal on this. Here's Daryl George uh, speaking about his locks in this case here. I started my dress for a reason, and that's that's just to feel close to my people. That's just to to feel to feel my my ancestors. The family lawyer spoke after the trial. Daryl made this statement and told me this straight up with tears in his eyes. All because of my hair. I can't get my education because of my hair. I cannot be around other peers and enjoy my junior year because of my hair. I think um, this whole thing is silly. Uh, Again, I probably would have just cut my hair, but... The guy is not running around with it below his his neck or anything like that. I mean, he's keeping it up. I don't think there's a problem at all. 800-848-9222. Robert is in Pearl River. Hi, Robert. Yeah, how you doing, Frank? Uh, talking about more pleasant things like a tab again. <laughs> um, so I remember it, uh, the drink. You know, it's kind of a diet taste to it. Uh, not really an aftertaste. They had it in chuck full of nuts. There's a restaurant in the Bronx in Manhattan. This is a coffee. Uh, and I remember they had those uh, restaurants, and I would see it on the menu. Uh, Tab Cola had a really great, beautiful melody, Jingle. And you could see it on YouTube um, for beautiful people, Tab Cola for beautiful right. people. Right. They got some blowback. They got a little problem uh, because some people were complaining about it and saying, oh, beautiful people and not good for fat people because the, they would always feature models and uh, very, very slender people in their videos with the song. And uh, they had a little bit of a problem with that. But otherwise, not a bad drink. But if you get a chance on YouTube and listen to that jingle. Yeah, no, I, I've uh, I've seen it. We've played them on the show. They're very catchy. I agree with you, Robert. Thank you. 800-848-9222. Frank is in Las Vegas listening on K-Dawn. Hello, Frank. Yeah, Frank. Uh, you throw up a, 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 a lot of subject matters quickly, so I'm going to LIFO and for your uh, 
uh, listeners that don't understand that I'm going to go last in first out and Got how it. long he'll give me uh, on the AM radio. You neglected uh, the Hilda beast. That's what I call the uh, uh, Hillary communist. She was going to do an equity plan on AM for for every conservative. And I'm like, you know, you, that can get subjective. You had to put a, a Marxist, a progressive, as they call themselves on. So, well, you know, right. an hour. So you're, you're talking about the um, the fairness doctrine. Now, the fairness doctrine <laughs> w- was in place from, uh, you know, the late 1940s to the uh, to the late 80s. So th- th- there were plenty of conservative talk radio hosts that did really well under the fairness doctrine. And I've talked to them about it. Um, you know, Bob Grant, he, when people would call him and complain that, oh, they're going to bring back the fairness doctrine. He said, look, you're talking to someone that did very well um, under the fairness doctrine. Barry Farber, same thing. Tom Marr, Joe Pine, Mort Downey, Morton Downey Jr. There were, you know... The, all the fairness doctrine would not have obliterated conservative talk radio because conservative talk radio did fine when the fairness doctrine was in place. And even when they tried to do away with it in the 80s, even people and uh, I've, I've interviewed Brian Rosenwald about this. We've talked about it. And if you haven't read his book, I do recommend checking it out because he does a pretty good job with the history of this. Even people like Newt Gingrich, who were conservative and in Congress at the time, they even opposed doing away with the uh, with the fairness doctrine so I don't think that um, that might have been Hillary's goal but I don't think that it would have been successful because I think if you're good on the radio then you're going to find a place to be heard I think it actually might have um, allowed even more opportunity for different talk formats and more broadcasters to have jobs that don't have them uh, uh, Frank, uh, one of my mottos through life was take me to school, and uh, uh, I, I give you flying marks. Um, uh, moving on uh, to uh, 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 the, the the COVID, um, I, I had I didn't eat for two weeks, mm. and I I, th- I think Fauci, CDC, and the uh, NIH or NHI, whatever it was, are the biggest mass murderers in the history of America. That's my opinion. But what I'm what I'm bummed about because I I'm, I'm kind of ambivalent. I, I have no desire for meat anymore after w- what this COVID did to me. And you know I I, I know you've heard a lot of the side effects. And I, I should crave a great, uh, we're going to Lowry's for prime rib. And I'm kind of like, okay, oh, well, when I used to be excited about that. So I, I, I kind of feel jaded and cheated by uh, this man-made disease. And uh, last but not least, uh, uh, 30 years ago, I gave up alcohol for Lent and oh. I was successful. But uh, now I'm 11 days sober oh. and I can never have a drink again. And, and one of my, yeah, I'm, I'm 61 and one of the last few vestiges of pleasure I got was uh, uh, a, a nice uh, uh, a bottle of wine. Well, actually, it would go to two bottles. That's part of the reason I had to quit. And then maybe even three, and I wouldn't remember the third. <laughs> and some go- and, and some gourmet cheese in the headphones and party like a rock star. Uh, uh, Frank, you took me to school. Hey, Frank, you made my day. Well, first of all, I appreciate that. appreciate you calling. Hey, do you ever go to the Golden Steer out there in Las Vegas? Oh yes, it's uh, uh, it, it, it's uh, it, it's an icon. Yeah, you know? it, it's, I mean it's, uh, yeah. that's a great spot, and my, my wife doesn't. Um 
doesn't eat meat. And we went there when we were in Vegas a couple of years ago, and um, the just the process of seeing them put together the Caesar salad and how delicious that Caesar salad is, I don't think you'll be missing a steak uh, after that, Frank. But I appreciate the call, and good oh, luck. Wait, oh, wait, uh, 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 Frank, like, real quickly, yeah. uh, um, I've, I've gotten into beet juice. Take oh, care, beet buddy. juice. Good. <laughs> hey, uh, best of luck with everything, Frank. Uh, good luck. It's not easy. By the way, even Tulsi Gabbard, who Donald Trump is now talking about as a possible running mate. Of course, that won't happen because I am not that lucky, as anyone who's ever played craps beside me will attest. Tulsi Gabbard, just five years ago, she introduced legislation in the House of Representatives um, called the Bring Back the Fairness Doctrine Act. I don't think the it was the Restore the Fairness Doctrine Act. And that required broadcast, radio, or TV licensees to provide a reasonable opportunity for discussion of conflicting views on matters of public importance. Honestly, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with allowing conflicting views? I I think Tulsi Gabbard was right to bring it up again. And I don't think it would have killed talk radio. Not at all. Not at all. Because it didn't before. 800-848-9222. I'm going to talk to Noam Layden in a moment. Let me say hello to Pete calling from Staten Island. Hello, Pete. Hi, Frank. I got a couple of points if I could get them in, if I get the first one. Uh, I actually changed what I wanted to ask you because you said about AM radio. I'm at the hospital, and I have two machine screws screwed into a dial radio Panasonic that does not shut off. And I have them tuned to... 77 WABC. My mother-in-law always loved the channel, and she asked me to do this years ago, and my brother-in-law brought me the radio because we had it in the storage when we moved, so I have it. And it's constantly on. It doesn't shut off. So some people come in the room uh, to you know take care of me with the nurses, and they try to change the channel, and they go, it don't change. I said, well, it has machine screws in it. So I have that. And also, I wanted to ask you, with that, I saw that movie Sunday. We rented it, uh, The Iron Claw. Now, somebody told me that one of the brothers was not in the movie, that there was, I think, six or seven brothers. Oh, really? Do you know anything about that? I, uh, I haven't seen the film yet, so I can't really, I can't really, I can't really say. Uh, there were, okay. I, th- I, I think there were six. Fritz von Erich had six sons. Um, so okay. I'm not sure how many are depicted in the film, but, um, you know, it's not unusual for a, a movie to take some literary licenses, Pete. Okay. So I, I, I'll have I to check it out, that. but, uh, but I, I can't speak to it. I, I didn't see the film yet. I do want to check it out. Re- Pete, thanks for the call. Best of luck with your health. Okay. And, uh, and you. keep listening to AM radio. Believe me. All right. Noam Laden is here. We'll get, uh, get an update from him on what's happening straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Radio Clash on Pirates Satellite Orbiting 
This is the Clash. Hey, I want to apologize to our listener of the week, Al Lewis, who sent a number of song selections. Unfortunately, we did not have any of them in our library. So, Al, if you want to try for a few other songs for Monday, we will try and uh, accommodate your musical needs. But uh, happy birthday once again to my sister-in-law, Sharon. May all of your wishes come true today and always. If your wish involves Gnome Layton, well, chances are it's about to come true. Stand by for the other side of Midnight's News. From New York City, the other side of Midnight and its affiliated stations present national and international news with Frank Morano and news director Noam Layden. Their summary of the world news and personal comments. Get the rest of the story. Hello, no. Good morning, Frank. No doubt, I'm sure in the overnight you've talked about this widespread cell phone outage that affected mostly just AT&T customers. In fact, we can confirm it was just uh, customers of AT&T. And lots of questions being asked. First of all, there was just the danger of not being able to use your phone sure. and the people who just freak out that they don't have access to the Internet on their phone. They can't text. They can't call. But we're hearing from AT&T. There was lots of theories going around over the last 24 hours, one of them being solar flares, uh, the other one uh, that they had been hacked. But AT&T now saying this morning, early this morning, that it was a tech problem that they just weren't on top of. And it took them a while to figure out what was going on. And by late yesterday afternoon, most people who had AT&T service had it back on. But lots of other questions. Why didn't AT&T come out with some sort of announcement during the day? Say, this is what's going on. Right. There was nothing, no communication. We reached out to AT&T. Zippo got nothing back. You would think a company of that size would have PR people, uh, you know, information officer, something, somebody who would be transferring information, nothing. And that's why so many customers were outraged. They say, just tell us what's going on. We can get ready and figure out what's happening from there. So that was one of the problems. Uh, the other issue, of course, is now what is the story? Are they going to tell us exactly what took place? If it was truly a tech issue, tell us what that tech issue was so you can put to bed all these other theories that are taking place out there so we know exactly what happened. And the third part of this story is AT&T. So it sounds like you you may be a little suspicious if that explanation is legit. Well, just show us some proof. Right. Shouldn't be hard right. to do that. Show us all your tech guys who were racing around like madmen yesterday trying to figure it out so we know exactly what took place. But really, I think in some ways the biggest issue was – you made no announcement yesterday of what was happening, nothing, even just to say, we don't know what's going right. on. So exactly. customers had an idea. That's fine. Customers would have been okay with that. We're trying to figure it out. We have no idea what's happening. We got nothing from them yesterday, which is really outrageous. Yeah, and the the frustrating thing for a lot of local police departments is because a lot of the phones were on SOS mode. Everyone was calling 911 to see if they could call 911. Right. And the 911 operators had to ask people to please stop calling. Of course, because they didn't know what was working. They didn't know who they right. were tracking. And by the way, a fair amount of these police departments use AT&T. So there was an issue with that as well yesterday across the country. This happening, though, on the most interesting of days, uh, AT&T is petitioning the city of San Francisco to stop working on landlines. 
They say they're losing money on it. People aren't interested in it anymore. And so they petitioned the public service uh, uh, interest you know, organization in San Francisco saying, just coincidentally, yesterday they started this petition, no more landlines. So now you have these people saying, wait a minute, look what happened yesterday. Exactly. I think we need landlines. We need those workers. There's, they've gotten rid of most of the workforce that works on landlines. If you look at any of the people who work on landlines, no matter where you are across the countries, those, those staffs are really tiny. But interesting that it just coincidentally happened on the day that they were having this disaster really happening with cell phones. People saying, wait a minute, you know what? Maybe I should go back to that. I, I think we need an expansion of landlines. I, I've talked to my phone service provider. I have kind of a, a pseudo landline. I guess it's a 21st century equivalent of a, a landline. It's not a, a, an old-fashioned copper line. It's, uh, an, it's an internet phone system, but it's, it's plugged into a wall, but it's powered through the internet. So if the internet goes down, my phone is down. Right. So it's not really like uh, what what I had growing up, these copper landlines where if the power goes down, the phone still works. That's what I want. And, you know, the, my phone provider says they can't give me that. Yeah, once you, once you get rid of it, you can't get it back because they don't have the workforce mm. to get it back to you or the infrastructure to get it back to you. So it'll be interesting to see what the public service group in San Francisco says to Maybe AT&T. Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders and the folks pushing this AM radio for every vehicle act, they could – Tack on to that, the landline for every home act. Right. Go old school, man. Exactly. Let's go old school. Throw a fax machine in there. We'll be all set. When you were in high school, didn't you like to stand out from other people in class? Come on. I was actually voted in my high school class, class individual. Oh, you were? I was. I believe that. Yes, that's true. <laughs> they, they rewarded you correctly with yes. that one. A black African-American high school student in Houston, Texas, has now been told that he's lost his case he has this great set of dreadlocks, but his school system in Houston says they have a strict policy about how you can wear your hair. So they suspended him, and he's been suspended for more than a month now because they say each time you want to come back to class, you have to cut your dreadlocks. But he says dreadlocks are part of my family. My culture connects me to my people. So he sued. Well, yesterday, Texas court came back and said the school was correct, that they had this policy in place that says where the hairline, uh, your hair has to stop, and it's above the collar somewhere, and his dreadlocks went much farther than that. And so he he has to make a decision now whether he will go back to class or whether he'll transfer to another school district. Two other students in the school district in Houston have uh, also sued the school unsuccessfully, and they both ended up going to different school districts. They moved. Don't know what the case will be with Daryl George, 18. He's a junior at this high school in Houston. Yeah, you know, we've been following the story. In fact, I was just talking about it a few minutes ago. I uh, I think it's really interesting, and I think the court came to the incorrect conclusion. I'm curious, what are the family's appellate options at this point? Is there a next-level appellate court that they can go to? Yeah, sure. They can absolutely try to appeal this, but the, this is a, at the district level. So, yeah, chances are they may take it to the next level. Hmm. But here he is as a junior. He's only got one more year of school left. Right. But maybe he'll fight on for other students who want to wear their hair. Yeah, they want it's to a shame. Up. A needless, needless fight. Uh, a man is claiming to be a time traveler, and he's warning all of us. Is he on TikTok? Tell me he's not on TikTok. I, he, well, he's everywhere. He's okay. on YouTube, TikTok, everywhere else. He's warning us that humans will become extinct in the future because he's traveled ahead. Not very far, by the way. He went to the year 2027. I mean, that's less than three years away. And in video, he took video 
So not only was he able to time travel, but he brought some form of camera with him. And uh, in these videos, and I can get them to you so you can Please, share them on yeah. your Facebook page, he shows um, deserted supermarkets, uh, deserted football stadiums. These are all, by the way, in the U.K. Uh, landmarks, uh, also like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, Italy, all these places empty. There's not a soul there. Uh, he then walks into two huge uh, soccer stadiums in the U.K., Arsenal's Emirates Stadium, uh, Chelsea's Stamford Bridge uh, nobody's there, devoid of people. He has video of him walking into the National Gallery, the Houses of Parliament in the UK, completely empty. And he says, uh, essentially, he's one of the last humans left on Earth in 2027. Now, he doesn't know exactly what took place to everybody, everybody else, but he says they're gone. There is nobody around. What is this gentleman's name? His name is Javier. Javier. So there are all these time travelers on TikTok, and some of them uh, are pretty interesting storytellers. I'm skeptical about most of them. Do we have any idea how Javier traveled through time to the year 2027? You ask an excellent question, and I reached out to him because I had that very same mm -hmm. question, and I have not heard back if he has some, some sort of machine that he uses to go forward into time. But he, the video is very compelling. I mean, you watch it and it looks legit and things look empty and there's nobody around and there's eerie music being played. Yeah, you got to send that to us so we'll, we'll post it and let people judge for themselves. Are we also sure this just wasn't video he took in April of 2020 when everything was shut down? Well, fair, COVID? fair question, but it looks current and uh, no reason to believe that Javier is lying to us. I, he may truly be somebody who is able to travel to 2027. You said there's no reason to believe that Javier is lying to us. The guy that just told us he traveled three years in the future right. without telling us how and explaining that humans are all extinct I'm gonna for get years him. from now. I will get him before Monday and get and him then to he explain. Came back in town back in time yes. just three years. That's all. Just to witness, I guess, the Well he, he came no he came back to warn us right, that okay. something's gonna happen. So but we I, don't know what the something is. Well but look at least we know that something's gonna happen that we'll all be extinct in twenty twenty seven. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's uh, it's something landline related. It's something that only a landline could have stopped. <laughs> right, that's true. And if only we had more of these landlines, <laughs> right. we would have been able to stop it. Yeah. It's a it's a telemarketer gone crazy. I'm reaching out to Javier today and I will have an answer for you on Monday. And please invite him on this program okay. as well. And and honestly, I, and I'm respectful to everybody and kind to everybody. Well we I would not, you know, be adversarial at all. Okay. So uh, we would love to have him on. Uh, that is interesting. Do you do you buy time travel at all? No, you don't. No. Yeah, I, I'm open minded to it, but you know, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I believe Javier's a time. Traveler. I want to go with him. That's that, I'll believe it if he, he should take a journalist with him on his next trip. So then, yeah. at least there's a second person to say, "Hey, there's something to this." That would be fun. That would be fun. Thank you, No. Sure. Have a great weekend. You too. Eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. And now you know the rest of the story. All right, I'm going to get to your. Uh, we'll do 15 seconds of fame in a moment. I'm excited that the uh, the weekend is here. You know what I'm going to try and do? I I, I have uh, you know, who knows if I'll be successful in this? I am going to try to do seven days in a row, starting today. Not sure what time. Probably in the afternoon. 
But I'm going to try and do seven days in a row of Facebook Live videos where I comment on different things. And, you know, we'll I'll answer your questions on Facebook. So um, I've tried to, you know, schedule this before, but I'm going to try and do seven days in a row. We'll see how this goes. All right. Um, 800-848-9222. What are you doing this weekend, Tony? Just going to take it easy. Just take relax. Take it easy. Let's take it easy for you. Um, Watch the basketball games. Um, do, do some chores around the house. I need to wash some clothes. There you go. That's a good one. Um, I don't think we have any plans today. I mean, even when I say I don't have plans, I have plans. So I got to take, uh, got to pick Carmine up from school. I think I have a meeting this afternoon just to catch up on some things. Then I'm going to try and do one of these Facebook Live videos. And then I, I have four hours worth of phone calls to return. And then um, I would love to, I have to get my votes in for the SAG Awards by noon today, even though I haven't seen most of the films. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And then tomorrow, you know, I'm, I'm, I have this group of people that I get together with once a month. And we're supposed to get together, not far from where I live, which is nice, which is convenient. But my wife says she doesn't want to come. And I can't really argue with her logic. She says, look, you know, we have such a tough time financially. Should we really both be going out to dinner? Isn't that kind of frivolous? And how do you argue with that? But. You know, we already have plans, so I'm hoping to um, convince her otherwise. Uh, and then Sunday we're going to see her uh, her cousin in Hoboken, which should be fun. And I'll certainly be able to stay in touch with you if you want to email me about anything we've done on the show this week. Frank.Morano at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. Frank.M-O-R-A-N-O at RedAppleAudioNetworks.com. We'll do 15 seconds of fame straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. Other Side of Midnight, a terrific song, if ever there was one. All right, we're going to give you a chance to be heard on any subject you'd like for 15 seconds, 800-848-9222 as part of The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. Mike! Morning, Frank. There are, there are, there. There are many dangerous creatures that inhabit the earth. Sharks and crocodiles, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, to name some. But perhaps the most dangerous of all is the progressive liberal white female. They are very, very dangerous. Avoid at all costs. Steve. Yeah, she's a moron jerk. It's Timothy. 
If you're seeking protection in this world, first seek the Holy Spirit and how to receive him, and then you will obtain protection. Read the Bible, know the truth. Raji. Tease your brains. What to retard and be a Carmelo Anthony and Animal Farm author George Orwell have in common with radio superstar Frank Morano. Conundrum, thank you. Robert. Yes, it's the humans who program the AI algorithms and the UPenn and will be the first school to have an undergrad program next fall. Frankie. Hey, Kansas City Police Department, what's the big secret? Why don't you tell us that the two teary-eyed church-going teens are MS-13 members illegally here in our country? Embarrassing, isn't it? 800-848-9222. Lisa, excuse me, Rusty. Yeah, Peter King. Why don't you talk about him? He backed a candidate that couldn't win and lined his uh, consultants with money, that big windbag. He couldn't hold out. Robert. Hey, Frank. Javier sounds very interesting. I've heard in three years. Only the unvaccinated will be left on Earth. (laughs) Very interesting. Lisa. What do you got planned for the weekend? I missed the show. I'm just catching up now. I, uh, well, I hope we're going to go to dinner tomorrow. My wife is on the fence about whether she's attending. And then Sunday, we're going to try the mystical land of Hoboken. And finally, Alan. Legends Diners, the Caucus of Jersey, the best tin diner in New Jersey, with adorned with uh, black and white photos of Hollywood legends, best food, prices, and portions. Legends Diner, Legends Diner. Thank you, Alan. All right, that slams the lid on things for today. And uh, I, uh, I thought this was a really fun week of uh, of shows. And if you missed any portion of it, do go back and listen to the podcast. You can go to redapplepodcastnetwork.com and search uh, The Other Side of Midnight. You can also search that in any podcast app. We also have a uh, new episode of The Racket Report that we just recorded. Really interesting. A great journalist who discovered that her cousin was murdered by the mob. And we delve into this incredible story of uh, her investigating what happened to her cousin. And why he was killed by the mob. It's really interesting. It should be posted hopefully either today or tomorrow. If you're not subscribed, subscribe to The Racket Report on any podcast app. Make sure you give us a nice five-star review. That'll help people discover us. Frank Morano, good day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.